This is Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickren, South Carolina's only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent craft. And now, the host of Dish and Dirt, Gary Pickren. And greetings, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dish and Dirt. I'm your often opinionated but rarely wrong host, Gary Pickering, coming to you from the beautiful fall offices of Blair Cato in beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, this beautiful fall day, the first week of October 2023. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to wade into the big controversy of marketing and advertising a listing that belongs to another agent. This is going to be Something rather interesting to look at. Uh, we're going to actually argue this from both sides. We're going to argue this not only from the yes, you can do it side, but we're also going to argue it from the no, you cannot market it side. So we'll flip a coin here or something in just a few minutes to see what side I'll argue first. But I think it's uh, going to be a true example of how a lawyer can argue out of both sides of his mouth. So I'm going to try to argue why you can market somebody else's listing, and then I'm going to argue why you cannot do that. But before we hit that topic, there is some more big news on the realtor front, and it seems like every week over the last five or six weeks, we've actually had some pretty big news on the realtor front. We've been talking about these cases on clear cooperation and on the adverse commission rulings, and there were settlements. As you know, we talked about the settlements last week and how REMAX is also now joined in that settlement. But now there's more uh, information coming out that is not necessarily on one of the cases, but in my opinion, is a result of one of those cases. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the news from Redfin. Redfin on their website uh, just this week has announced in an open letter to really to the agents and everybody that it was uh, leaving and ending its support for the National Association of Realtors. Now, this all comes from their letter on their website. And if you want to read the full letter, you can simply Google Redfin leaves NARS and Redfin's page will come up on their blog and it will provide all this information. And for full disclosure, I have represented Redfin, uh, so I do want to recognize that, that I have represented them in the past um, at the national level and the local level. And uh, in fact, I had Joe Rath, who is one of the uh, higher ups at uh, Redfin. I did have him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about the clear cooperation rules. But I don't think that this, them leaving the National Association of Realtors and their support, ending their support is really a big surprise. But let's talk about their letter on their website because I do think it is important that we all see that. So the letter begins with, uh, Redfin is moving to end our support of the National Association of Realtors for two reasons. And they bullet point those reasons. Bullet point number one is NAR policies regarding a fee for the buyer's agent on every listing. And then number two, a pattern of alleged sexual harassment. Okay, well, that would pretty much be the two reasons I would believe that they would be leaving. One is that, as you all know, the National Association has been under fire for sexual harassment at the national level. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about that, but not a whole lot about that. But you'll, you, you guys can look that up and see what's been alleged. I really didn't want to get into that a lot. But the other one is a result of these lawsuits. This is the uh, these are the lawsuits, the Morrell lawsuit, the Burnett, uh, as well as the Sitzer case. And that's what we're talking about with the requiring a fee for the buyer's agents uh, on every listing. And what they're talking about here uh, in a little bit more detail, as I've mentioned this in the last four or five podcasts, is that one of the lawsuits out there alleges that the seller is essentially paying the buyer agent's real estate commission as a matter of fact in every transaction. And that's, in my opinion, is not exactly true. The listing agent is being paid by the seller, period. 
your contract says you'll pay me X amount of commission if I sell your house. Now, what the other agent does with that money is, is their business. And if they want to share it with another agent, what do you care as a seller? You've already agreed to pay X amount to the listing agent. So what do you care if they take 50% and give the 50% to somebody else? I don't know why you care any more than you care what the agent's commission split is with their broker. We're not seeing you sit here and complain that, oh, well, the agent got 85% and the broker got 15 or vice versa. Nobody cares. So I don't understand what, what their big concern is. But at the same time, one of the complaints from the in those in those lawsuits is that every single listings requires that there be some sharing of commission. And one of the arguments is that they should be able to put zero in. And, and so we have seen as a result of some of these cases that a lot of the MLSs have moved away from requiring a commission and allows them to put zero. Who's going to show the house if they're not going to get a commission? It's the stupidest thing, I think, in my mind. Anyway, but Redfin is now using this as one of the reasons uh, while they are leaving the association. And I think when we hear their letter, it goes a little bit more in detail. And I want to be very clear. I'm not taking a position on what Redfin's doing. I'm not taking a position on the National Association. I'll leave this completely up to you as to decide whether you agree with Redfin leaving or not. I'm simply going to leave, leave you with the information in this letter and let you decide. Y'all know I'm a huge supporter of the Realtor Association, mainly on the state level, and very much so on the local level. I, I think all those local associations truly do provide value to, to their members. A lot of true value in there. And again, as I mentioned, I have represented Redfin, and I think it's an outstanding organization, and I think it's very innovative how they're doing a completely different model approach to real estate agencies. doesn't matter but what I, what I believe is what you guys think. So I'm going to leave it here and let you all think about it. So let's talk about what the letter says. So they've given us the two bullet points right off the bat as to why they're leaving. Then they go on to state that Redfin has paid over $13 million in dues. And as a result, they've put their effort in trying to influence the National Association of Realtors to advocate for an open technology-driven marketplace. And again, I think that goes back to that first issue of uh, requiring a fee for the buyer agent on every listing. It also detail into what they allege was a pattern of alleged sexual harassment and how Redfin had resigned from their national board seat in June before these sexual harassment claims came to light. The letter also argues, quote, NAR still blocks sellers from listing homes that don't pay a commission to the buyer agent, and it blocks websites like Redfin.com from showing for sale by owner listings alongside agent-listed homes. Removing these blocks would be easy, and it would make our industry more consumer-friendly and competitive. It's also kind of the basis of what a lot of these lawsuits have been about. One of these are going to trial this month, so it's going to be very interesting to see how these lawsuits get settled since these are, in fact, some of the complaints that are in those lawsuits. And we've already seen locally, I believe, the CMLS has already changed their some of their rules and policies as a result of these lawsuits. In fact, I believe they allow uh, zero commission splits now. Uh, this is clearly a statement, in my opinion, that Redfin's making on the Morrell and Sitzer cases. It should very much be noted that Redfin was not named in those lawsuits. So I think this is, you know, like, Smart statement to make when you're not part of these lawsuits to try to stay out of being part of these lawsuits. Now, the letter ends with, uh, but often we don't have the choice. And this is a quote. In about half the U.S., including cities like Charlotte, Dallas, Houston, Las Vegas, Long Island, Minneapolis, Nashville, Phoenix, and Salt Lake City, we can't quit NAR individually or in mass because NAR membership is required for agents to access listing databases, lockbox, and industry standard contracts. It's impossible to be an agent if you can't see which homes are for sale, unlock the door, or even write an offer. 
Uh, they then call for this, their headlines, we want NAR to decouple ML access from NAR support. We're asking NAR to decouple local access to these tools, including the listing databases known as the multiple listing services from support of the national lobbying organization. Agents shouldn't have to underwrite policies and legal efforts that hurt consumers when most of us get into real estate to help consumers. Redfin's mission, after all, is to redefine real estate in consumers' favor. And this letter is signed by Anna Stevens, uh, Anthony Kappas, Bridget Frey, Chris Nielsen, Christian Taubman, Glenn Kelman, who understands the CEO, Jason Alem, and Keith Brocksterman. All right. I have long said this, and this is no surprise to anybody listening to this, that I don't believe MLSs should be owned by the uh, trade organizations. As you all know, the National Association of Realtors, the state association, none of them are mandatory for you to join as a real estate licensee. In fact, in South Carolina, 40% of real estate licensees in the state of South Carolina are not realtors. And so I've always had a big problem of being required to have to use services of a trade organization that I don't want to be a member of. I think there's value in being a member of the Realtor Association and encourage you to be a member of them. Um, but I don't believe that you should be required to use any of their services um, in order to do what is the basic services of a real estate licensee. Um, for reference point, I'm not a member of the uh, American Bar Association. I think it is nothing but a political organization, and I don't want to send my money to support their political efforts. It's not doing anything to help me as a lawyer. I find there's zero value in the American Bar Association. In fact, every time they call me and ask me to be a member, I tell them there's absolutely no value in it. And all I'm doing is giving them money to basically support political positions I may or may not agree with. But again, I'm not here today to try to impose my opinions on you. I'm simply letting you decide whether you think the CMLS model, which we have here in Columbia, where in the MLS system is run independently of the association, is a better system or is it a better system, something like you have in Greenville, where the association actually runs the multiple listing service. I've heard arguments both ways. I have been very upfront about my position that I don't think the Realtors Association should have anything to do with any of the MLSs. I think they all should be independent. I think that's a better model. You can have a different opinion. That's perfectly fine. You don't need to email me and tell me how wrong I am. I'm sure you'll tell me that the next time you see me. And again, my podcast opens off that I'm often opinionated, but rarely wrong. So who knows if I'm actually wrong this time as well. Anyway, so let's go ahead now and talk about these marketing issues that we're talking about where you're marketing somebody else's listing. So let me start with two or three real life examples of what I'm talking about. So the first example happened to me a couple of years ago. I was I had found out about a brand new agent who I'd never heard of and the name was coming up quite a bit. And so I went to do some research on who that agent was. And when I searched for their website, I found their website. I went to their properties. I think it may have even said listings on the website and every single house was million dollars or more. And I'm like, wow, this brand new agent has like 50 listings of houses all over a million dollars. How can that possibly be? I mean, I didn't even know he had that many listings and every single one of them seems to be on her page. And so that caused me a little bit of heartburn. I want to do a little bit more research and realize those listings were not, in fact, hers. They were just basically every million dollar listing in Columbia at that time and they were on her website. So we're going to talk about what that was and how that comes up, how that came out in the end. The second case, I represented a real estate agent who had a grievance filed against them before I was on the real estate commission, both at the commission and the realtor association, because this realtor was standing in a kitchen and they took a picture of looking me out today showing houses. I'm bawling. I'm really, you know, I'm bringing my business mind today. Look what I'm doing. Just kind of 
a personal brag, and I thought it was kind of a cool little post. They were standing in a very nondescript kitchen with white countertops, white cabinets, white walls. Basically, the kitchen looked like any kitchen in the entire world you've ever seen. You have no idea where it could have been. Yet a real estate agent in that community filed agreement said that they were um, advertising and marketing a house that they didn't have a listing on. Apparently, this was the agent who had the listing, and they were all upset about it. I'll tell you how that case came out also in a few minutes. And then the third scenario was we had a real estate agent who took a picture of a house. I think it was in Shandon neighborhood, which is one of the older uh, historic neighborhoods in Columbia, and said, what a beautiful house. It just came on the market listed by agent so-and-so at this brokerage. If you're interested in seeing this house, give me a call and I'll be happy to show it to you. Always looking for new buyers or something like that. Nice little post. But we'll talk about all three of those scenarios at the end. So what I'm going to do before we get to that scenario is I'm going to pull out this coin here. I'm going to flip the coin to see whether or not I'm going to argue, yes, you can do it or no, you can't. Um, And so we'll go heads is yes, tails is no. And the answer is it is tail. So I guess that means I have to argue no first. So let's go ahead and argue no, you may not market these listings. So here's the reason why in South Carolina law, it's very clear that you may only advertise and market properties when you have a signed listing agreement from the property owner. To me, that's perfectly clear black and white law. In fact, let's look at it. Statute 4057-135-E1 says a licensee may not advertise, market, or offer to conduct a real estate transaction involving real estate owned in whole or in part by another person without first obtaining a written listing agreement between the property owner and the real estate brokerage firm with who the licensee is associated. So in all three of those scenarios, that agent did not have a signed listing agreement. And the question is, did they market and advertise that property for sale? You know, when you look at what we rule on the Real Estate Commission, basically everything is marketing and advertising. If you go and tell a private Facebook group, if you post something on social media, it becomes marketing and advertising. You're offering that piece of property, offering to conduct a real estate transaction, and you don't have that listing. And so, no, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't be posting things on social media about somebody else's list. The law is very clear. Secondly, if you look at 40-57-7-10-24, it is illegal for you to engage in a practice or take action inconsistent with the agency relationship that other licensees has established or they have established with their clients. Well, taking a picture of somebody's house and posting it and putting my comments on that listing and marketing that in the fashion that I desire, not the listing agent desires, is certainly interfering with that person's agency agreement. How is it not? You don't have a marketing agreement, listing agreement with that client. That client now has no say in how you market or how you take the pictures or how you post them or what you say about the house. And so I, as the listing agent, I have that right because that is what a listing is about. It talks about how I'm to give advice and counsel uh, and advocacy for my client. And part of that is how I'm going to market your house. How am I going to present this house to the public? How do I want it to be viewed in the public? And so when you're taking pictures that may not be flatter, may not look the way I want them look, may not be the campaign that I am looking to do, and you're putting those pictures out, you are doing something that's inconsistent with the agency agreement that I have signed with my client telling them exactly how I am going to do those things. So I believe that you have absolutely 100% interfered with my agency relationship. So right there, there's two statutory reasons, 135E1 and uh, 710-24. So double violation of the statute. Don't do it. I'm coming after you. 
That's that's the argument that would be made. Very simple, right? Very black and white. The law is black and white. There's no gray area in it. Boom, I, I've got you. I've, I've already won. I don't even why we need to hear the other side. And incidentally, we did a broker roundtable on this a couple of months ago at CCRA. And I do think it's interesting to note that there were four of us there, me and three people from CCRA, and two of us argued yes and two of us argued no. Um, I won't tell you who argued which side, but it was kind of split down the room as well as between the brokers as to how many said yes and how many said no. So let's talk now about the yes side. It's perfectly fine for you to do it. So here's the argument, the, the converse argument. Um, so if I was going to be hired by somebody on, uh, to defend them that saying that they have the right to do it, here's my argument. There's a lot of gray area here, not just in the law, but in the practice in general of real estate. And what we're not really discussing there in that first argument, saying we couldn't do it, is that it's clear when your broker in charge joined the multiple listing service, she signed an agreement that said that she and all of her agents were allowed to post your listings through that IDX feed. And so you've essentially, through your broker, who, by the way, actually owns the listings because you don't own any clients, you don't own any listings. So your actual broker, the person who actually owns the listings and owns the buyer uh, agency agreements, your broker has already given my broker permission to do so. And so while I'm not marketing and advertising without permission, without the, from, without permission from the uh, owner of the property, because the owner of the property gave you permission to market and list and even says in most of our listing agreements that, yes, other parties may, you may list a property on the MLS and that other parties may be able to use that and market it uh, through the IDX feed. So I got permission from the property owner because I got permission from the broker who actually owns them. And remember, we have pr uh, principal and agency rules here. And so the principal can bind the agents. The agent, obviously, in this this argument is the actual seller of the property, the principal, or excuse me, the principal is in this argument, the principal being the owner of the property and the agent uh, being the actual agent. So the principal agency rule applies here and the agent bound the principal in this situation and has given me permission to do so. So I haven't done anything without permission. I've been given permission to the person who has the listing agreement signed. Now, it would be one thing if I was out there marketing advertised property that had no listing agreement signed by anybody, but there clearly is a listing agreement signed. And it's clearly posted on the MLS, and I clearly have permission from broker to broker to do it. Moreover, if I can't do it, explain to me how Realtor.com, Homes.com, Zillow.com, and all the others do it. Because they grab all of the listings from the IDX, and they post all the listings on their website. And it's even worse, because all I did was post a listing or take a picture of it. But these companies, in fact, try to sell all the buyers that come and look at those posts. They try to sell them to other agents. So I'm created this uh, this listing, and these companies have gotten and put it on their IDX feed because the MLS requires me to let them do so. And now they're selling all of the buyers who look at the property to other agents to go get those. So if they can sell potential agents to other other agents I compete with, why can't I put a picture on the MLS if I'm giving you credit for it? What's the what's the harm? It's a lot of gray area in here. There's been permission given, explicit, express permission has been given for me to do that. To argue that I don't have permission is absolutely insane. No one's sitting here arguing that Zillow and Homes and Realtor can't do it. So why can't I do it if they're doing it? And if you're going to turn and say, no, I can't do it, then Realtor, Zillow, and all the rest of them need to go away. And IDX feeds need to go away. And nothing should happen except on the MLS. And that includes that all the brokerages shouldn't be able to take the listings and put all the listings on their pages, too, because it's no different than what I'm doing. So, so I think that's a pretty good argument. I think both of these are very good arguments. And I'd love to know kind of where y'all sit based on those arguments. Now, let me do the two counter arguments and then we'll finish up. 
counter argument number one is fine. This is a note, counter to no, is fine. You have permission to repost, but you only have the IDX permission, which means you can only post the exact listing from the IDX feed, which means you basically have to catch the IDX feed and post it exactly like Zillow and do it exactly like Realtor.com. And that's not what you're doing. And in fact, in the three examples I gave, none of those were doing it like Zillow. One of them just had my picture, uh, had, had a picture of the house and didn't really have any information about me. The second one wasn't an IDX feed picture, neither was the third one. So those are all still violation. You know, you've got to give me credit, but you also can only pull the exact listing from the IDX feed. You can't even take pictures out of the IDX feed and just use that one picture. You have to use the exact listing because that's what the IDX agreement says. And agents are going way beyond what the IDX agreement with the uh, MLS rules say. Even if you somehow can argue, I gave you, my broker gave you permission. They only gave you permission to use the IDX feed just in the same manner that Realtor.com or Zillow does. So that's the counter. Now, the counter for the yes people would be, yeah, you're taking it to the extreme. As long as I'm giving you credit and I clearly show you that it's not my listing, I'm not actually marketing the property. In fact, what I'm marketing is my service, my service to see the house. I'm not marketing the house. And if you look at these scenarios here, except for the first one, which I do have a problem with, the second one was a picture of a kitchen. It wasn't marketing the kitchen. It was marketing me as a boss going out, showing the property, saying, look how good I am. I'm showing properties all day. I've got a lot of clients and you can be one of my clients too. So I wasn't marketing and advertising your nondescript white kitchen with white countertops and white walls. I was marketing me. And in the third scenario, which I talked about where they took a picture of the house and posted it and said, what a cute house. Yeah, I said it was a cute house, but I really wasn't marketing the house. Again, I was marketing my services. If you want to go see a house in Shandon that looks like this, I'm happy to go show it to you. I'm a buyer's agent. Call me. I'll take you to the house. I didn't market the house. I marketed my my services. That haven't violated anything of that nature. So as you can see, we got a complete and total mess here. So what are my thoughts on this? My thoughts on this, are you ready for this? Who cares? If another agent wants to show my house on social media, have at it. Have at it. It just expands my reach. I mean, I'm perfectly happy for y'all to go post all the pictures in the world you want if I'm a listing agent showing my house. In fact, you know, here Blake Blair Cato. If you want to take a billion pictures of Blair Cato's office and say, "Here's Blair Cato doing a closing," have at it. Have at it. Do whatever you want. Post pictures about Blair Cato all day long. I love it. Go do it. Free advertisement for me. Same way with if I was a listing agent. What do I care? I want to sell the house. That's my only goal is to get the maximum dollar for my seller. That's all my seller cares about is getting the best deal. So if some other agent wants to expand my reach and maybe reach a market that I never could have reached, go for it. So shut up already. Quit being so freaking petty. I would want every one of you to post something about my house on social media. In fact, it's probably a pretty cool strategy to reach out to the top 10 buyer agents in the market and say, hey, this new house came on the market. Post something on social media. Maybe somebody will hire you to come show it to them. I don't care. I, I just simply don't care. I want to sell my house. So if the top 10 buyer agents will post it all over social media and get somebody to come with them and buy the house. Good for me. Good for my client. That's a win-win situation. I don't know what the problem is here. Sometimes it seems like we just simply can't get out of our own way in this business. And there's no wonder the public is completely fed up with us sometimes and is attacking realtors all over on these commissions and clear cooperation. It just adds fuel to these things when we act so silly and petty. So my position is, who cares? 
But what I understand talking to another agent about this is it typically isn't even the people involved in the transaction that are complaining. It's not the listing agent. It's not the person who posted the picture. It's somebody who's mad at one of them and wants to try to make a big production about it so they can try to get somebody in trouble. They're, the person usually complaining isn't even involved in the transaction at all. It's like, why are you even complaining? It's not even your listing. Well, I think what they've done is wrong and I want to stand up for the industry. No, you're just being petty and trying to get somebody in trouble. So now let's look at the three cases and see how, how they were, were resolved or how they should have been resolved. The first one was the million dollar listings on all, uh, all on her website. Well, it was a violation, clean, plain and simple. There was absolutely no credit given to the other companies. Um, it was an IDX fee. That's all she was doing was pulling the IDX feed and putting those 10 or $15 million houses on her website. And so it was really cool. It showed you there. So if you want to see a, a collection of million-dollar houses, but under each one of them, it should have uh, given the listing information. My opinion, I would put the agent who's offering it, the brokerage who's offering it, and a link back to that actual listing. That is the safest thing for you to do, okay? Now, the next thing was the kitchen case. That case, we got dismissed at the Realtor Association level, and we got it dismissed at the REC level, the Real Estate Commission level. It was a nondescript kitchen that was white walls, white countertops, white cabinets. It could have been any single kitchen in the entire world. It was not marketing or advertising that property. It was marketing and advertising what that agent was doing. And for anybody to say, oh, I know that property was located in this neighborhood on this street, they're lying. Because it could have been any, in fact, it could have been an apartment. It could have been a condo. It could have been uh, a, a Zoom background. I mean, it was absolutely that nondescript. So I think it was dismissed over that because it truly was not marketing or advertising. And that one was truly a petty case where the other agent, the listing agent, did not like that buyer's agent and had been doing everything they can just to keep going at that buyer's agent. And uh, that that kind of backfired on them. Now, the third one, I have no earthly idea what to tell you. This is the one where they went into Shandon, took a picture of a house and said, what a cute house that just came on the market. If you want to see it, give me a call. I'm happy to show you this house. And they actually linked the listing and they wrote the other name's agent, uh, the other agent's name on it and included the brokerage. They did all those things. All I can tell you is the Real Estate Commission is looking at these types of issues. We're discussing it. We haven't come to any resolution. Please don't take anything in this podcast as to be an answer to the question from the Real Estate Commission standpoint. Even though I'm a commissioner, I'm simply telling you my opinions and it has nothing to do with the Real Estate Commission. But what I'm telling you is you're going to have to make a decision for yourself here and decide what kind of risk uh, that you want to take. I think at a minimum, if you're going to do this, I would be very clear in the write-up that this property is being offered by this real estate agent at this brokerage. Here's a link to the listing. I'm happy to show you the house as a buyer agent. Um, this is not my listing. I think as long as you're clear in your text that this is not your listing and that you're happy to show the person and you're offering your services to show the property and giving the link, I think you're perfectly fine. But I think if you try to do more than that, or do less than that, really, I think you are really putting yourself at risk. So be very careful if you're going to do that. I'm not telling you yes or no, because there is no good answer on it. So that's our look at yes or no, can you market somebody else's listings, particularly on social media. But in the prophetic words of Rodney King, can't we all just get along? I mean, really, guys, just get along. Let's quit with the pettiness. Let's concentrate on the things that really matter. When you see people doing things that are illegal, you see th people that are taking advantage of consumers, that's what we need to be complaining about. We don't need to be complaining because somebody took a picture of your listing and put it on social media and helped you sell your house. Get over it. Get over yourself. Well, that's all the time we have for our show today. hope everybody enjoyed it and got some more good information. We will be back again next week with another episode of Dish and Dirt. 
Please like us, share us, and subscribe to us and tell all the other real estate agents about how cool Gary is because I need somebody to do it for me. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you again next